0: The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. For over 20 years, the healthcare industry's largest companies have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision while designing and developing innovative digital products. Whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Their global team takes a personalized and in-depth approach to deliver secure solutions in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer state-of-the-art care through technology. Trusted guidance, global expertise, secure integration. MentorMate delivers digital transformation at scale. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. Uh, Today we have a a conversation that I think you'll find particularly relevant uh, for your work and for yourself. Odds are pretty good that you're listening to this podcast maybe at home, maybe in your home office, which might be your dining room table, the couch, wherever the cat decides to sit with you, or any other number of places, but it might not be the office that we've all known and loved for many years. And that's changed a lot of the ways that we work, which opens up all kinds of questions for employees and employers. How do they best manage teams? What do they need to invest in? And how do they promote the wellness and the health of employees and employers? So today, we're joined by two wonderful people from a longtime member and partner of the Medical Alley Association. Now uh, Shane Collins and Erica Tollefson from the Marsh McLennan Agency, or MMA, as many of you know it. Uh, Shane and Erica, thank you so much for joining. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe you could start with tell us a little bit about yourselves and tell us a little bit about MMA.
1: Hi, and thank you so much for having us here today, Frank. Um, I want to say that we are fans of the podcast and we're excited to be here. Uh, my name is Erica Tollefson, and I'm a health management consultant mental health first aid instructor, and lifestyle coach at Marsh-McClellan Agency. And in my role as a health management consultant, I help employers create environments that support health and well-being of their employees. And with my instructor certification in mental health first aid, I have a passion for teaching others how to support those living with mental health challenges, while also helping to end the stigma associated with mental health
2: hi, my name is Shane Collins. I'm one of the safety consultants here at Marsh McLennan Agency. And I work with a variety of organizations as an extension of the risk management team in which I have a passion for ergonomics and I am a certified ergonomic evaluation specialist. So I hope to improve the employee workstation interaction and their body positioning. Marsh McLennan Agency is one of the nation's leading insurance brokerages providing comprehensive risk management employee benefit solutions to organizations of all sizes and we're really designed to meet the unique needs of growing companies and mma epitomizes the high-touch service model typical of a local consultant while providing access to global resources of the world's leading insurance broker marsh so our clients truly benefit from the best of both worlds
0: really appreciate having you both on and i think what what you both just said about the work you're doing It's pretty darn interesting because sometimes I think when we think of the insurance world, the brokerage world, we just know about the, the insurance policy, but you also do a lot of work to help your customers be safer, be more productive. And so maybe before we start talking about the home office environment, let's talk about the office office environment. Could you maybe just give us a little background on What is it that you do to uh, help your clients have a safer, have a more productive environment, whether it's in an office or maybe even a manufacturing environment?
2: Office hazards themselves are pretty low risk. The most common risks are gonna be the electrical hazards with daisy chaining cords or using space heaters. And then of course body positioning at the workstation. Typically clients are gonna reach out because an employee will be feeling some kind of pain or stiffness, and they want to have an ergonomic assessment. The most common issues that I see are that the monitors aren't adjusted properly; they're different heights, they're spaced far apart, they're not using their armrest correctly, and then also there's a vast majority of time the, the individual will not know how to adjust their chair, which is very important and it's key to body positioning. After the assessment, and sometimes during, employees will typically feel immediately better after the adjustments are made, and then. For the general industry, specifically as it relates to ergonomics, the safety team here at MMA has made an investment this year on a new ergonomic tool called Tumeki. And Tumeki uses artificial intelligence on camera-based assessments, which means that it can measure and automatically track employee movements without stopping production, whether they're operating a machine or carrying windows over their head. It will then give a summary of risk using different ergonomic evaluation techniques such as RULA, RIBA, or the NIOSH lifting equation. And when the employee gets into a risky posture, it'll be highlighted in the video. So there's gonna be colored lines. will highlight the body like a skeleton or rather a stick person, such as the neck, the trunk, upper arm, lower arm, and the legs. And with these colored lines, there's gonna be a green line that's gonna be considered a low risk posture. Orange is medium, and a red line is considered a high risk posture. The assessment will then give an overall risk score and it can even break it down by individual body part as well. So really where we can help the client is by identifying risk using this rapid screening. We can measure that risk using this ergonomic assessment and reports. Once we analyze the data, we'll be able to provide the client with solutions and recommendations on correcting that risky job task. And we can help assist the client by implementing these solutions we're also able to monitor results by evaluating the improvement over time.
0: Oh, it's very true. I just say that kind of reminds me of like pro athletes and the monitoring that they'll do to get the form right, to hit yeah, the ball exactly. better, to throw it better, but now applied in the workplace. That, that's very cool. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And, and from that wellness perspective, you know, regardless if the environment is office or manufacturing, We always want to lead with assessing the current status of the working environment. So our national health management team actually implemented a solution in the past few years called the environmental choice architecture assessment, in which we can evaluate employees access to healthy food, whether that's in the workplace, or maybe even the surrounding area, their break room setting, if there's a wellness space, if there's green spaces with plants, and visibility of employee tools and resources all of these areas and even more can be evaluated to understand the current environment at work. But this also involves important conversations with leadership and employees, like what employees are looking for, what do they need? We can take even a look at health plan information and utilization of current offerings in addition to looking at that physical space. And we really wanna help our clients make data-driven decisions before they invest in their environment in the workplace. Because ultimately, we want it to positively impact employees, and it doesn't hurt when it helps the bottom line as well.
0: Right on. Yeah, the, I liked how you described that with the environmental choice piece. I, I've read a fair bit about that over the years, and I'm always reminded of this was many, many years ago, visiting a member company, a hearing aid manufacturer, and they had a literal apple cart in the <laughs> entryway. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was one of their ways of making it easier mm-hmm. to choose healthy food options in the office. Uh, and surprise, surprise, changing the position and the accessibility of it, fruit consumption went up. The snack type food consumption went down. So right on. I'm wondering, you know, you have both talked a little bit about like what can be done. Maybe for those that aren't aware, like how big of an issue is this for the workplace wellness and safety and What's kind of the the consequence for an organization if, if they're not taking the steps to try to build that safe and well environment?
2: Yeah, safety overall is a huge component, and there are many different consequences if you're working at an unsafe company. Specifically, talking about ergonomics, musculoskeletal disorders, they continue to be the number one leader in days away from work across all industries. Warehousing, transportation, healthcare, all of them, it doesn't matter. The riskiest age group to be in is going to be ages 45 to 64. And the average number of days lost if somebody has a musculoskeletal injury is 14. That's two weeks without work. And the back is the most common and most costly body part that gets injured. Advantages of correcting the employee workstation that's going to lead to increased savings due to having fewer injuries, fewer employees experiencing pain, which is going to lead to increased productivity increase employee morale, and reduce absence.
1: Yeah, And when we look at it from the wellness perspective, there's multiple factors to think about here. As cost and overall employee engagement in the workplace is at risk if employers are reactive versus proactive about supporting their employees. So the workplace needs to be continuously assessing how are they supporting their employees and what is their employees' perception of that support. And it's important to evaluate programming and solutions year over year for effectiveness and even user satisfaction. And employers need to keep in mind that more often than not, employees are spending more time at work than they do with their family and their friends. So it's vital that employers cultivate a welcoming, safe, and caring environment for their employees, whether they're on site or they're at home. So prevention, prevention is really key here. Investing now can save costs in the future, similarly to what Shane shared. And the sooner employees have access to tools and resources to support their overall well-being, the better the outcome for them. And if employees don't feel supported or if they don't feel like their employer is investing back into them, they're more likely to leave the workplace.
0: Yeah, that and that we know is a big, big challenge right now with the unemployment rate being so low, job growth being so high. Um, it's a real consequence. When, when I talk to our members, when I talk particularly to our HR leaders, they see those challenges every day. But something they often remark is that when they were doing this kind of work in the office or in the manufacturing environment, they had a, a defined and kind of controlled space that they could you know, evaluate and make improvements in now we're in this kind of hybrid environment which in this sense is really now we're managing two environments Mm -hmm. um what are you seeing in the market or seeing from clients as far as what they're doing to support employees at home or to you know help create a, a better environment not just in the office but in wherever the employees may be working
2: we have seen some companies allocating a certain dollar amount to help set employees up for success by allowing them to purchase more ergonomically friendly equipment. So this could be a fully adjustable office chair, it could be sit to stand stations, purchasing dual monitors, monitor risers, really anything that'll help transition the employee into a more ergonomically friendly position. However, the reimbursement requirements that might vary from state to state. So it's always a good idea to check to make sure that we're in compliance with both the federal and the state guidelines. And we've seen some companies will expand on this. For example, what MMA has done for us in the past is they set aside a dollar amount for each employee to purchase any business-related equipment or furnishings that can help improve their work-from-home experience.
1: Yeah, in addition to that, employers are starting to offer flexible working arrangements. And Mercer actually just released their health-on-demand survey and the data showed that 59% of employees want flexible working arrangements, and 55% of them want time off during the workday for health and well being appointments. And employers are investing into virtual well being solutions and vendors, um, including virtual components to in person social events, sending gifts to employees' homes, new hire welcome packages. And we're even seeing home mailers and newsletters making a comeback to k- keep those employees connected.
0: Yeah, the, the print piece, uh, just comment on the side, uh, I've seen that as well. And right mm-hmm. those those are things you actually look forward to getting now because we're getting a thousand emails a day. If a message is going to break through, it, it can't just be one more email. I wonder about, and, and I have to think this is a question that comes up a fair bit, but do employers are they taking on new risks by having a hybrid work environment or a work from home environment? I mean, like the, the thing I would wonder would be if you are injured while working, but you're at home, what ends up happening or does that, is that a workplace injury now?
2: Right, that's a, that's a great question. This is getting a little out of our wheelhouse as Eric and I are not experts in this subject, but I do know that the rules that apply to employees in the office they're, they're the same rules that relate to or relate to the employees working from home. So typically, we're going to look at two things. One, did the injury arise out of employment? So basically, was the employee furthering the efforts of the business when injured? And two, was the employee within the course and scope of employment? Essentially, was the employee working or were they on the clock at the time of the injury? So if the answer to both questions is yes, Our recommendation is going to be submit the claim to your work comp carrier, and they'll determine compensation. Also, a couple of things to note, there's something called the personal comfort doctrine. And this states that an employee is usually covered under work comp in the event that they're doing something for personal comfort while working when they're injured. So examples of this would be heading to the restroom, going to your kitchen to get a cup of coffee, and other similar actions that are taken at work. But deviations, while employees usually are covered for the personal comfort, they're typically not covered if they deviate from work or personal comfort actions. For example, if an employee is is going downstairs to put in a load of laundry quickly between calls and they fall down the stairs and are injured, this typically is not covered as it's considered a deviation from work. Likewise, if an employee were to run outside to shovel the snow while technically on the clock, that's a deviation from, from their usual work environment.
0: Well, that's a really important piece of information i folks out there in the audience I suspect we will need to do a, a whole conversation on this topic because it is such a, a different work environment we're now entering into. I think we're all kind it of is. figuring these things out as we go. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, maybe the last question I'll ask you as we come in to wrap up here. Be the question if it you know if, if i were your client if you're advising me on what to do and i'm setting up a hybrid work environment for my employees where would you tell me to start or how would you suggest i get started on making sure i've got that safe environment a healthy environment an environment that promotes wellness for all of my employees
2: great question and we really with the hybrid we want to make sure they're staying safe both at home and the office when they're coming back so with the hybrid work environment Let's say it's three days work from home and two days at the office or whatever the split may be. It is common that employees may lose their designated work area. Companies, they might go to more of a hoteling option where you can pick any random cubicle to work out of. And cleanliness is important, especially in today's world, and people want to feel safe and clean. They don't know who's sitting at that desk before them or if that person was coughing or sneezing. So I would recommend to the company to be transparent about cleaning practices and procedures, whether that's a mass company email or signs at each desk saying, this desk is clean, you know, hand sanitizer stations, the, the list goes on. But that would be a good starting point. And the other struggle is having proper body mechanics at home. When COVID hit, a vast majority of people were forced to work from home. And what did we do the first couple of weeks? We sat on the couch, our favorite lounge chair, maybe the kitchen table, a few more weeks went by and then all of a sudden we started to feel stiff. We felt pain in our necks and our backs and our shoulders. Why? Because we're working with our shoulders hunched forward. Our necks were looking down at our laptop, we weren't moving. So really the second recommendation I would give is education and resources. Start by having a virtual training on proper body mechanics and also how to position your equipment properly. So if we look at the law of 90s, our chin should be parallel to the floor, our torso sitting up straight, making a nice 90 degree angle with the upper legs. Upper legs then make a 90 degree angle with the lower legs, the lower legs a 90 degree angle with our feet, and our upper arm should also be a nice 90 degree angle with our forearms. In order to achieve this, I may have to adjust my equipment. That could be raising the computer monitors, lowering the workstation, raising and lowering the height of my chair, the list goes on. And every single person is gonna have a different workstation and not everyone is gonna have full adjustability. And that's what makes this such a challenge. We need to educate the employees to make these adjustments the best we can. After this training, we'll give them them handouts on that training, provide stretching guidelines and possibly monthly check-ins. And one last note I would give is even though I put you in this ergonomically perfect position, I don't want you to stay there all day. Bodies are made to move. If I'm sitting in the same position all day, my muscles, they will get fatigued from little blood flow by not moving. So to help with this issue is to use smaller portions. And really what I mean by this is that typically we're gonna get a big jug of water, a big thermos of coffee, we're gonna get <laughs> all our snacks, We're going to set up camp in this alternative working workstation. Boom. Now I'm set for the day, right? Wrong. If we set up camp, we're not moving. So this is going to cause issues. So really my tip is going to be get a smaller cup of coffee, a smaller glass of water, and keep the snacks in the kitchen. Why? Because when I'm finished with the coffee, or if I'm hungry for a snack, I am now forced to get up out of the chair and walk over for a refill. So what this is gonna do, it's gonna promote movement and it's gonna increase blood flow to the muscles, which is gonna go a long way for reducing fatigue.
1: And then when we look at wellness, I, I talked a little bit about data earlier, but it's important that we start with understanding where we're at. So start with a survey, start with focus groups, ask your employees about what they're hoping to see and get a good understanding of where they're currently at. Next, we need to invest in our leaders our managers, our supervisors. They are that direct line of communication to employees. So we wanna offer training like mental health first aid, leading a session or a workshop on how to support a hybrid team because it can be very different based on employee setting. Needs can change. Ensure that leaders, managers, supervisors understand company benefits and resources that are available to employees. So when they're having one-on-ones, they're having one-off conversations with employees, they feel equipped to support them or just pass along the information. Also, it's really important to have conversations with your broker and your medical carrier to identify themes in your medical claims. Let them help you go in the right direction when it comes to investing back in your people. Right now, we see mental health, diabetes, and musculoskeletal as the top three areas of concern for our employer groups. So planning and analytics for total health at MMA, what we call PATH, is our clinical engine that drives our clients' risk management strategies. By analyzing client health data and creating targeted, actionable insights and strategies, we can actually help them make those data-driven decisions by implementing a new wellness vendor or maybe even adding a new benefit. Really, at the end of the day, Frank, we want employees to have meaningful support. They want and need that from their employers, whether they're working from home or they are in the workplace.
0: Right on. I mean, I think what you just described, I'm hearing more and more the the need for intentionality in how we approach building our workplace, whether it's at home or at the office, supporting our teams. Yeah. And Shane, what you just shared, I, what I heard was don't be a camper, be a nomad. And right, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So you're moving around. I, I got to yeah. say thank you to both of you. This is probably the most useful of the podcasts I've done. They, they're all interesting. This one, like I'm thinking I need to go get a stand for my laptop to raise yep. the monitor <laughs> up. And I might have to call you to ask you, how does the ergonomic chair work? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we buy them all, but, uh, I don't think anyone knows how to adjust them. So Erica, Shane, I want to say thank you both for a really informative discussion and for spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, To the listeners, we'll have in the show notes uh, contact information for MMA. So if you want to learn more or figure out how you could improve your workplace, you'll know where to go to find them. And so, Erica, Shane, thank you both for taking a bit of time out of your day today to
2: spend it with us. Of course. Thank you, Frank. We're really, really grateful for this opportunity for having us on your podcast. And this has been a pleasure. Yes.
1: Thanks, Frank.
0: Thank you both. And folks, that's been another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure you go to medicalalleypodcast.org or you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast fix. Until next time, have a great day.